1: Why should we watch the World Series? How does Vegas decide on the odds? And what is the true meaning behind sports? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. right, I don't care if you're a sports fan or not. It is always exciting when October rolls around. That's because we get to experience the drama, the unpredictability, and the energy of the World Series. This year, the MLB regular season began on April 7th and concluded on October 5th. And this postseason might not have panned out how you expected it to. As someone who is particularly invested in sports at large, I wanted to bring on someone who has some of the best insight in the business. There's a lot to know when it comes to the nature of postseason baseball. And even if you're not a baseball fan, there are a lot of lessons you can learn and appreciate about sports in general. So that being said, I'm here to ask a ton of questions to the co-host of Big Bets on the Vegas Stats and Information Network and my good friend, Dave Ross. Dave Ross joins me now and one, I am so excited if you can't hear it in my voice, but I love Dave (laughs) so much and it's his birthday. So Dave, happy birthday and thanks for coming on to celebrate with me. Abby,
0: there's a short list of people that I would prefer to spend time with on my birthday. You're on the short (laughs) list of people that I love to have any conversation about. Uh, So I really appreciate that. I can't believe I'm now in my mid-20s. It just feels (laughs) like time is standing still. Uh, But really, it's such a pleasure to be with you, as you well know. Our conversations have run for years, and they can go in so many different directions. (laughs) So I was so excited to join you today.
1: They can. And um, by the way, I'm a little upset that I'm not with you in person to buy you your first (laughs) legal drink as a 21-year-old. But I guess we'll have to make up for lost time later on.
0: Uh, Absolutely, I know As long as they check my ID, Abby Then I feel like, all right, you've made my day Just by looking, the gray beard doesn't necessarily give it away
1: (laughs) Nah, never Well, uh, like you mentioned, Dave Just for our listeners I have known Dave for years now And he is one of my favorite people on this planet He knows everything there is to know (laughs) about every single sport And he's just such a pleasure to talk to all the time So we're going to have a good time here on Getting Schooled Let's start with, I think people, I guess you shouldn't assume, but a lot of people know how the World Series works, what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting year. Uh, first of all, are you surprised with the Phillies and the Astros matchup? Or did you expect I really this?
0: totally am, Abby. I'm really surprised, obviously, from the Phillies' perspective here, mm-hmm. right? Because – We knew the Astros going in, and when I say we, it's kind of that general public or the betting public out here in Las Vegas, for sure, is the Astros to be the short favorite uh, to come out of the American League and represent the league, which they are doing, of course. But when the Yankees got off to that great start this year, I think it really could put the Astros in the back burner for a short period of time. And now when the the Yankees kind of hit their stumbling blocks, we saw them match up in the American League Championship Series, and it was not a matchup, right, as the mm-hmm. Astros get that four-game sweep against the Yankees. And I think what it did show is the oddsmakers got it right from the get-go. The, the, the Strohs should have been the rightful favorites in Dusty Baker's squad, just top to bottom, is a better roster right now than what the Yankees have. So while the Yankees were a, a real feel-good story, and Aaron Judge captivated a lot of baseball uh, in the conversations, you know, getting the American League home run record and – You know, all those things, it really kind of took the spotlight away from the Astros. And, Abby, I think it was a really good thing for them because they flew underneath the radar. And then when they really hit their stride in the postseason and right now, yeah, the, the series with Seattle was close. It was not close against the Yankees. No. And even though they swept Seattle, those games were more competitive than I, than I think what we felt from, from the Astros here. So clearly the dominant team in the American League. The surprise right now, Abby, really resides with the Philadelphia Phillies representing the senior circuit.
1: Completely. And by the way, just being here in New York, I will say, uh, <laughs> was not a feel-good story when it got to that series. Because, no. oh my goodness, for 4-0. The, the tickets were going for like $20, right? for that Whoa. game four
0: <laughs> that yeah because you knew it was done yeah. right the fans knew they just didn't have the firepower right now mm-hmm. to, to match up with the astros and now abby I look at the phillies and look you know me i'm a long-suffering metropolitan fan yes, so you, are. you get the, the worst of both worlds right so i can't root against the yankees anymore because they're out and now the phillies are going to represent the national league in the world series a year after the braves won the world <laughs> series so it's it's a metropolitan fans nightmare right now but I got to be honest, all the mojo feels like it, it's going with the Phillies here. They are the decided underdog here as well. They should be uh, against the Astros. But, man, you can make the argument Abby, that they've got the best singular player right now in baseball and Bryce Harper. And I'll put Zach Wheeler, Aaron Noah up there as the one 2 uh, in their pitching rotation against anybody's and certainly against as much as I love Justin Verlander. You know, father time catches us all at some point. I kind of think the Phillies might have a slight advantage mm. in the one-two department, but the Astros are still the deeper ball club. And I think that's why they're still the decided favorite out here in Las Vegas. Right.
1: Well, I'm a Cubs fan. So to cheer for Bryce Harper, <laughs> twist my arm. Um, yeah. Right. <laughs> but at, least,
0: at least you had 2016. That's Abby, right. right. You still, as a Cubs fan, you guys but the got one the one-time
1: in over a hundred years. That's right. Right. <laughs> Talk about long suffering. But all right. So, you said something interesting. You said the odd odds makers got it right. just for people who mm-hmm. are listening who might not be as familiar with Vegas. I'm curious sure. for you, you, you you live in Vegas now. Um, mm-hmm. you know all about this stuff. So when you say the odds makers got it right, can you boil yeah. it down to layman's term, what exactly odds makers are and how that decision is made?
0: Absolutely. What it is, is basically it's the betting public that they're going to set those numbers. The odds makers out here in Las Vegas, the Sharps, as we like to say out here, Abby, in Las Vegas. (laughs) They're going to set numbers on teams at the beginning of the year. And the Astros were the odds on favorite uh, to represent the Astros in the World Series. So the Phillies, uh, by contrast, clearly were not. This is I don't want to say a Cinderella story, but this is a team that was about, what, eight games under 500 here through about 50 games of the regular season. They fired their manager, Joe Girardi, and nobody really thought that the Phillies were a team that was going to possibly do what they've done, upset the apple cart here in the power brokers in the National League. So the betting favorites uh, coming into the year. It was the L.A. Dodgers. They were the clear, far and away best team, not only in the National League, but in baseball. And in the regular season, Abby, it held the form. They won 111 games. So the Dodgers were the the betting favorite, and you could understand why. So what that does is you try to figure out the best team on paper, and then you put those into actionable numbers out here in Las Vegas. And that's why the Astros and the Dodgers and the representative uh, uh, leagues here, the American and the National League, were the favorites to get there. Now, the Phillies, with all their problems early on in the year, firing Joe Girardi, uh, you go to Rob Thompson uh, as the manager here, and all of a sudden, because they've now expanded the postseason to have multiple wildcard teams, the, the they were able to get in. Even though the the Braves won the division, the Mets were the f- first wildcard card. You had three teams out of the NL East, and it felt like the Phillies were the team that everybody kind of slept on. They were mm-hmm. not the chic pick in the betting market. At least it was either the Braves to repeat as the reigning defending champions, and/or the Mets with that great pitching staff and Jacob Grom and Max Scherzer and company. Uh, they were—if anybody was going to upset the Dodgers—it was supposed to be one of those two teams. And lo and behold, what happens? San Diego—they pull the upset as the decided underdog against the Mets in the wild card round. And the Phillies upset the Cardinals. And then when that happened, you went, "Uh uh-oh, now the Phillies get a divisional rival in the Braves, and they were still a decided underdog in the betting market. But that's when I started to go, oh, no, Abby, this could actually Mm -hmm. happen. Vegas might be on the wrong side here, i.e., the general public keeps backing the favorites, which Vegas loves, by the way. All they're looking for, Las Vegas, they're looking for... Basically equal money coming in on both teams. In a perfect world, that's what Vegas wants, because then the house takes basically. As long as they got 50/50 coming in here, they're happy, because they're going to get what we call the juice out here in Las Vegas. What's right? the juice? So
1: the money? The juice
0: is going. It's going to be the house take, right? So as yeah. a, as a, as the house that's that's fielding the bets, Abby. I'm going to get, say, minus 110 either way on a, on what would be an even line, right? So right. the juice is the house is going to win either way as long as they're looking for kind of equal outcomes here that you're going to have equal bets coming in on both sides. Then the house can't lose. What happens is the house can have liability, is what they call it, if they're getting more bets on one side versus the other. And that's when you see lines move and odds move. So the the, the House is going to try to protect themselves for the number of tickets maybe that they're selling on one team over another. They will then move the odds to try to get the general public to come back on the changing numbers, if that makes sense. That is
1: so manipulative.
0: Right? That's exactly (laughs) what it is, Abby. They're trying to get equal action. The House just wants the action either way. and They're going to move those numbers to try to entice you to go to the other side so that the House doesn't have a great liability. Now, it is interesting because... I think that the Astros were one of those teams because they were predicted to do well that maybe the house is rooting against. So they're going to set those numbers. It's under $2 right now in the betting market for the Astros to beat the Phillies. But if they see that people are hopping in one side or the other, they will adjust those numbers so they don't have that much liability.
1: Okay. I I do, I want to ask a quick question because this is something I've always been curious about. We use these Mm -hmm. very general terms like Vegas or uh, the house. (laughs) Who are these people when you say they're going to set the numbers on teams at the beginning of the year? Who is setting the teams? Are they computers? Is it an algorithm? Or is it actually people sitting there saying, "All here's here's what we should decide are the odds.
0: That is a fantastic question, Abby. And it is It is going to be a number associated either by an algorithm, but it will be individual people that are at each one of these major books out here in Las Vegas, say it's Circus Sports or if it's South Point or a different casino. They all have people that are in charge of setting their numbers. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, they're going to look at what some of the other books in Las Vegas have set, and they're hoping that they are close to because what happens is – If you see once, say, in preseason football, right, or in this case, the World Series and Major League Baseball, once those numbers come out, and by the way, Abby, they're going to post new numbers once the World Series is over. Immediately. So these books are standing by right now to say for next year's World Series, <laughs> maybe the Mets could be 20 to 1 to win the World Series. The Yankees, 15 to 1. If the Astros win as the reigning champions, maybe they could be 7 to 8 to 1. They're going to set those numbers immediately because, again, What they want to get is early action. They they will get some from the people we call the Sharps. And what I mean by the Sharps is, for those that don't know out there, the Sharps are people that do this for a living. These are professional gamblers that 24-7, they are waiting for those those books that I alluded to to post those numbers. And if they get what they consider to be a quote-unquote bad number, they're going to play it. And what happens is when the books see that from respected betters in the marketplace, they will then adjust accordingly. So it is like a stock. That's a stressful
1: job. I would never want oh that.
0: <laughs> Nor would I, Abby, because
1: again, if that's your job to set those numbers
0: and then the sharps pound on what they call a bad number, you've got somebody to answer to if those numbers You better numbers have some
1: up- good security. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so true and Abby cuz we go way back, right? And yeah. I've been in sports television for over 2 decades but only 2 years in the gambling space, right? Right. Where it's, it's every day where it's numbers and we've got great friends in this industry as well. And so it's a different way to look at a traditional sport. So you know, you might look at football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever your your sport de jour might be. And now you associate those numbers with it, and it really is kind of Pulling back and peeling back the onion or, or seeing how the sausage is made, if you will, of, of how this gets done on a day in, day out basis. So it is fascinating to watch these books set numbers and then watch the books adjust numbers as a particular season goes on.
1: Well, it's so interesting to me, and you bring up a great point because you know, all of this time we have been able to watch sports. Sports have been around mm-hmm. for hundreds of years. If you really go back really I mean right. maybe thousands of years. I mean, but but as a fan. Um, There are so many other ways now to enjoy the entertainment of sports and betting is one of them. You might be watching a game. You might be watching this World Series saying, all right, Phillies, Astros. I'm not really I don't really care. But if you're betting on it, you do care. (laughs) So it it helps sports and it helps fans, I guess. It, it does – because
0: I think what really changed the whole game of sports gambling to really bring it into the mainstream was fantasy football or fantasy baseball even as we get ready for the World Series here. Because, Abby, I was playing – this is going to show my age. I'm not really 26 American. <laughs> I, I was playing fantasy or what they called back then rotisserie baseball back in the late 80s, early 1990s. Mm. Okay, And so when that happened, it was really – it was exclusive to baseball. And then football got in the foray. And you've seen how, because football arguably is, is past baseball as America's pastime, mm-hmm. if you will, at least the most popular sport, that you've seen the influx of fantasy football and rotisserie, as they called it back then. And that jumping off point of, of individual fans becoming team owners, drafting their own teams, and now at high stakes, there are big time dollars associated with this industry, as we well know. So it is something that's changed the landscape of sports forever. And I think once that Pandora's box was open, so to speak, it really has fans and gamblers, because, again, fantasy football and fantasy baseball is a form of gambling, hopefully right. at low stakes or whatever you can you can handle here. But <laughs> it is it has changed the way that people have view whatever their favorite sport is, even in basketball, hockey, you name it. Those fantasy leagues have changed sports forever. And I think what it's done is it's helped people really stay engaged instead of just their favorite team. They look at individual players on their team, on their fantasy team. And that has really changed the way I think that America has kind of consumed their sports.
1: Absolutely. Does low stakes mean taking the uh, SAT again? Because that was a bet in one of my fantasy leagues (laughs) and it's low monetary value, but it was pretty high stakes for me. I was like, I cannot go back and take this four hour test. Right, five so hours. I just... don't even know. I, I luckily did okay, so I didn't
0: have to do it. I think you passed. I think I think you've absolutely passed all of your tests, Abby. But yeah, that's that's what it is, right? It's like people yeah. get invested in different ways. And instead of you know, for the, as I mentioned, the professional gamble. that that might be gambling on every game, you know, game one of the World Series. The Strohs right now, you know, minus a dollar eighty-five. I'm seeing out here to 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 win the World Series, the Phillies and the comeback and get them around plus a dollar twenty, but plus a dollar. 30 depending on the shops out here in Las Vegas if you don't want to go that route you know some people do it game by game some people do it for a season long win total if you will Uh, you know how many how many wins is a a team going to get there's so many different avenues of approach now either in fantasy baseball or in uh, fantasy sports in general that you can handicap these things to whatever your interest is I know people Abby that just play futures and for those that don't know what the futures market is instead of Playing, say, in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys week in, week out, whether or not they're going to win and cover the spread, they might just look at their win total. And at the beginning of the year, you could have got the Cowboys, say, it a win total of 10. Do you think they're going to win more than 10 games or less than 10 games? You can bet accordingly. And those season-long bets, I think, for some, pe- some people new to the space – are much less stressful than doing it on a weekend, week out basis, (laughs) right? They can just make a season-long win total and then enjoy their team, watch their favorite sport and or team, and hope that it plays out accordingly.
1: All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Very quickly, Dave, I want to go back to, um, you know, setting the odds. hmm what are some of I, I know you kind of went through them already, but what are some of the mm-hmm. main factors they look at when they're setting the odds just to boil it the down little, a little more?
0: It's a great question, Abby. And there are teams out there in the world of sports that the 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 book when I say the book, I mean, Las Vegas bookmakers that set these numbers that we referred to earlier that are called public teams. OK, that the the general public likes to bet. So that is already factored into some of those numbers. In the NFL, for instance, uh, some of those teams are clearly, you know, the Dallas Cowboys, the Green Bay Packers, maybe even the Pittsburgh Steelers to a degree. More of the popular teams, mm-hmm. right? And so what you find, Abby, in a major league baseball, that would be the New York Yankees. I mean, the, the L.A. Dodgers, those are two of the more popular betting teams that are out there. So, I think what the books do is they can manipulate that, knowing that the public is going to want to back their teams, those popular teams with their dollars. So initially, you're normally not going to get the best odds on those public teams. Mm-hmm. so what what you might want to do if you just want to handicap things is be be weary of that. be be mindful of that. Be educated on that, that there are certain teams out there that the general public, because they are, quote-unquote popular teams, more of the money will come in on those teams. So they can be manipulated by those bookmakers out there in the marketplace. So sometimes you might get better value on teams that we don't talk about as much in in the public spectrum in the world of sports. Like, let's say in the NFL, maybe you don't talk about the Seattle Seahawks as much as you might talk about the, the New England Patriots or Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In baseball, maybe you don't talk about as much, uh, you know. Let's say some of the 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 the, the Marlins of the world, or the, mm-hmm. or the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays of the world, as much as you do say a Yankees or right now an Astros. Very public teams that people trust with their betting dollars. So, I would just be cautious for people new to the gambling space that there are real trends out there that bookmakers will take advantage of because of popularity of certain teams. That does, is just the way the books like to, to to navigate their waters.
1: Does that go for series, too? Um, like, you know, the World Series, obviously, that's a huge one. The Subway Series, I, I got to bring mm-hmm. that up because you're a huge Mets fan. Um, <laughs> for someone who's listening to this who might not be a baseball fan, that's the series um, of rivalry games played between uh, the Yankees and the Mets, the two teams that – our Absolutely. New York-based Subway Series. Well, so does that go for the same thing as those those types of?
0: It does. It okay. does, Abby. It, it'll, be, it'll be factored in. Now, again, the bookmakers are so smart because this is their livelihoods, right? So it's not going to be, uh, you, you say, when you get to the Subway Series, like you mentioned the Yankees and the Mets, they will look, look at in a particular series, say in a short three-game series uh, in the regular season, who's pitching for that weekend. So they will have alternative... Uh, prices, if you will, on who you think will win that series. Like again, getting back to the World Series here, the Phillies right now are plus $1.60, which is what I'm seeing pretty much market, market-wide. market The Astros as high as $1.90 favorite. So again, for those new to the space, you would have to put up $190 if you like the Astros to win the World Series to get back 100 So if you like the Phillies, conversely, as an underdog, and you put up that same $100, that would get you back 180 So if that makes sense, again, think of it in those kind of even denominations of, of, of money. $100 is normally what we do out here in Las Vegas. If you like the Astros, they're minus $190. Well, you got to put up $190 just to win $100. But if you like the Phillies as the underdog, you only have to put up that same 100 but you would get back uh, $160. So that's right. how an underdog versus works. Versus it's a favorite.
1: Talk to me about Mattress Mac, because <laughs> I, again, it, it, this guy, even if you don't follow sports, you got to know who it is. But if, in case you don't, who, who is mm-hmm. Mattress Mac? What's going on?
0: Well, it's so funny you bring up Mattress Mac, because he's going to be on my show uh, tomorrow on Thursday. Shameless plug uh-huh. uh, on Big Bets here on Visa. And we're going to actually have Mattress Mac in studio. So he's basically a guy that that basically owns uh, you know uh, uh, furniture and, and you know your your beddings and all those things and mattress mac now has like some certain deals that he puts out there abby where it'll be like if you spend $3000 at mattress mac buying beds or accessories or whatever for your for your bedroom then he's gonna make these promotions that will say, okay, if the Astros win, then you're gonna get back the money that you put in uh, to to Mattress Max promotion. So he's a really smart uh, marketer uh, to go ahead and get business for his shop and then tie that into wages <laughs> that he's already put out there. And then, you know, Mattress Mac will come out here to Las Vegas and put those that money down. So he's hoping, hey, if the Astros win, and I know that's one of his promotions that he has uh, coming up for the World Series here, everybody's rooting for the Astros that's that's uh, going to Mattress Mac and buying his his supplies and, and his his bedding and his accessories because they want to get their money back uh, for this promotion. So it's a really smart way that Mattress Mac has figured out a way Ah, uh, to make this for his uh, people that go to his shop and actually buy his things that they can get that money back if said team, in this case, the Astros, wins the World Series. It's pretty ingenious to get that marketing dollar going and to get business into his into his shop,
1: so he what he's betting two million on the Astros to win the World Series, yes. right? But that what he yes. can win like seventy million or something like what what is that? what are the numbers?
0: Depending on where he took the Astros at the beginning of the year, he'll position himself right in that futures market that we talked about because now the Astros, as I mentioned, are, are almost a two dollar betting favorite. Well, at the beginning of the year, you could have got the Astros maybe 10 to one to win the World Series, mm-hmm. and I'm a, and I know for a fact that's what Mattress Mac has done, so he's got really good now intrinsic value. On the Astros to win the World Series. But because he wants to use this as a promotion, he stands to win a ton if the Astros win. He then wants to pass those winnings along to his customers. And that's the incentive to what go a spend, guy. <laughs> right? That's the way to go spend $3,000 at Max's Max Place. And he's going to get that back if the Astros win. And that person will get their money back that they spent on their new bedroom uh, with Mattress Mac if the Astros win. So it's a really smart business venture that he's been able to put out there. But I'm really excited to actually talk to him in person to see how he navigates that market and associates it with his business.
1: Are you going to go shopping at Mattress Mac's place? Be honest.
0: Well, I'm not, Abby, because I I am fearful that the Phillies are going to win
1: this thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I appreciate not your honesty. To go out
0: there and try the promotion because I think, as we say out here in Las Vegas, I think they're live dogs, Abby. I would yeah. be aware of
1: the Phillies on this one. Okay, okay, I get that. Well, so okay, we're covering the World Series, but mm-hmm. I also I want to go back to the Subway Series just because you're so yeah. passionate about the Mets. Um, yes. Talk to me more about that. What are some memorable moments in the Subway Series?
0: Okay, well, it's so funny because my birthday being October 26, let me just go back to one. When the Mets and the Yankees played in the World Series back in 2000, I was working at Fox Sports at WTTG in Washington, D.C. And, and me and my buddy, Frank Crisofoli, who's now been running the Comcast Sports Nets uh, out there, the, the Mid-Atlantic region, he runs those. as our uh, He's just an unbelievable friend, but he's also an unbelievable professional. He and I were working that night together. And game six of that Subway Series, Abby, started on October 25th. Mm -hmm. And it was a deciding game that if the Yankees were to win game six, the World Series would be over. And so, excuse me, that was on my birthday, was game six, was on my birthday. So as my birthday is going and this Yankee-Met game is going deep into the night at then Shea Stadium, Frank kept saying to me, they won't lose on your birthday. The Mets will not lose on your birthday. And I had this, this I'm believing Frank that they, there's no way they would break my heart on October. 26th. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. Well, this game went into extra innings at And in the top half, the Yankees score a couple of runs to take a lead. And I'm looking at the clock and the Mets are now coming to bat in the bottom half of the inning and on the East coast. And you can look it up people It is amazing how this happened. Mike Piazza came up to bat against Mariano Rivera with the tying run on base. And Frank, all he kept saying to me was not in your birthday, not in your birthday, (laughs) not in your birthday. Mariano Rivera throws the pitch as the clock strikes midnight and Mike Piazza flies out to Bernie Williams in center field to end the World Series seven seconds into October 27th. uh. So technically, Frank was right. The Mets did not lose on my birthday, but they lost seven (laughs) seconds into October 27th. I'll never forget that as long as I live. And that's the most memorable moment of that World Series for me. Technically, (laughs) the Mets didn't break my heart. They waited till the next day, Eastern Standard Time, seven seconds in.
1: That was such a nice thing of them to do for you. If they were gonna to lose, to lose thank goodness it was not a memory that you had on your birthday. I'm so what? happy for you. <laughs> that's but we amazing still lost in the end Well, that's what I love asking people this question because if you follow sports, you have these memorable moments and sometimes it doesn't even have to do with your team winning. It could be right. you know your your dad or your grandpa took you to a game or your you know your grandma sure. and grandpa got engaged at a game. I mean there are so many things or in your case, they waited to lose. Till it wasn't your Seven
0: birthday. Seven seconds. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful thing by Mike Piazza and uh, Mariano Rivera to just elongate that at-bat. So it technically didn't end then. But, Abby, those are the things you remember, right? Yeah. Those, those nuanced things in sports. And, you know, it's so funny. I always think of your dad and, you know, when he's going to the free throw line. And I, we always wondered, like, Why is he touching his face? (laughs) And then we figure out it's for you and your brothers. Like, that's so cool, those moments. But that's what I remember about that Subway series in 2000. And again, it'll stick with me for, for all my days.
1: Amazing. Well, I'm glad that we could talk about it just to, to re rehash it, it on like your therapy. birthday. Yeah, it does. I'm glad. <laughs> you can pay me later as your therapist. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're, we're obviously nearing the end of the baseball season. We're in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So that means um, in a few weeks we won't have, I guess, well, what is the day date? I mean, a week, a week and a half, November 4th, yeah. I guess, if it potentially that's getting in the weeds. But soon we will not have baseball anymore. Looking back kind of at the beginning of this season, I'm interested mm-hmm. because there was a lockout. So, what did that do for the rest of the season and how did that affect the game of baseball?
0: Man, great question, Abby. I you know, I I've been through some of those before in my in my DC Fox days with with lockouts both in in the NFL and Major League Baseball. And they they I don't know that the owners – I think the players understand the effect it has on the fan base. But, you know, I think, Abby, at the end of the day, the general fan – and I include myself in that – we don't really care about the millionaires versus billionaires. We really don't. We just want our sports. So I think what happens is it's almost a refresher course for those entities to realize we don't care about your first world problems. Just give us our sports. Figure it out. Mm -hmm. You've got to be smart enough – to get out there and and get back to playing the games we love, whatever that game might be. So I I think the nuances of why maybe there's a lockout or a strike in in the framing coming from each side, I I think that really gets lost on the general fans these days. And, you know, it did irreparable harm in 1994, and I, I lived through it, obviously, then. That was a major, major black eye on the sport of baseball when they just didn't have a World Series. I mean, think about that. The Montreal Expos who were in first place at that time in the national league might still be in Montreal there might not be the Washington nationals. It could be another team, but that, that for, for all general purposes, it killed the Montreal Expos and literally moved the team out of there. If they'd gone on and, and won the world series, potentially in 1994, it'd be really hard to move them. Like the, the Toronto blue Jays with their world series success. I think they're always going to be a part of major league baseball because of their history. It kind of stripped away potential history there that could have been made by the Montreal Expos. That's my lasting impression of that one. And in this one, I think people just get tired of it, Abby. they just like, man, just just get in, hammer out, whatever you got to hammer out. We really don't care at the end of the day who's right and who's wrong. Just play the games. Just figure out a way to play the games. And so I think baseball, I hope that whenever they get, and by the way, there will be another one. Like they never learn from their mistakes. Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, it feels like for as much money as they make, we should never be having these conversations, but it does. It does have lasting effects. And 94 is the worst stain on baseball outside of steroids that, that I think the league has ever How seen.
1: interesting! You know, Dave, this is why I love talking to you because I think a lot of people don't realize just went to your point when, when, even if I boil it down as simple as a player is not playing in a game because let's say it's the NBA and he's hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes people save up for – Months to go to that game, and they buy the ticket thinking that player is going to play on that game in that game, and then they find out the day before that that person is not going to be playing. I mean, it can be devastating to certain people. So, while you know, no pun intended, it is all fun and games when you're talking about (laughs) sports. It really isn't because it really affects people's lives in more ways than you can imagine.
0: Oh, there's no doubt about that. Look, one of my lasting memories of. Uh, You know, taking my nephews to Camden Yards years ago Mm. when the White Sox were in town. They wanted to see Frank Thomas, the big hurt, who's now in the Hall of Fame. Right. And, you know, like trying to go get that autograph, especially for kids. And it's a great point. You know, families might save up and we know the economy and the way it is now. It's not cheap. And when you do that and then all of a sudden say in the NBA, you go, you want to see LeBron James. And then LeBron James doesn't play because of load management.
1: Right. Wants to hear that. Like we we
0: want to see our like we're coming out there. You're in our town for you know only a handful of times, and the opportunity between your lives, your real lives, to being able to go see this athlete that maybe your son or daughter wants to see, it, it really is. So I I hope that athletes and I know they do think about those things, but it really does affect it. And with the pricing and how how expensive it is to go to any you know major league event or you know NBA game or NFL game you want to see those players play and you can understand injuries, but you really can't understand load management. Mm-hmm. That's a real tough one for, for fans to swallow. And I know your dad played in an era where that just wasn't tolerated. I mean, Michael Jordan played 82 games a yeah. year and he didn't complain about it. Right. it. It's just the way the game was. And I know people think, Oh, maybe that's archaic. Well, it was great for the fan Hard base. Work. It helped build. Right. And I think those, those are real values. And, I think when, when fans see their athletes not doing that, they go, well, why do I have to do it? He's sitting <laughs> out. Why can't I sit out? So I hope that they get back to playing as much as they can. Look, injuries are different than just sitting out to, for rest and relaxation. So fans can understand injuries, but I don't think they can ever really wrap their head around fully load management, as I put that in air quotes.
1: Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> can you imagine if you shut up? You do so much, and if you just were like, hey, you know what, my load management, I yeah, need to take what? a little- <laughs> show they up just, today
0: i'm just not gonna show up today so sorry if you came out to see sorry the show, mattress but...
1: max sorry abby i'm taking a little breather <laughs> right
0: we gotta work this is our society this is how we how we operate you gotta get up every day and go to work so i always look at it like i'm fortunate to have a job I, I i like what i do i love talking sports you do too you can tell whenever we have a conversation and i i would hope everybody in their workplace if you're in a happy one you want to show up and i know those athletes are and totally. you know they They have a responsibility to their fans. They really do. So I hope more and more of them start doing the load management thing less and less.
1: What is it about sports that intrigues you? Because, I mean, you are an extremely intelligent guy. And um, there are so many areas of this industry you could work in. And you choose sports Mm -hmm. um, for now. I mean, who knows? Uh, I feel (laughs) like sports will always be a part of your life. So what is it about sports that, that pulls you in?
0: Well, it's, it's a good, great question because, you know, I know that when I worked at Fox in D.C. for almost two decades, they looked at me and, and our department as the, the toy department, right? We're the kids. Mm-hmm. We're the kids that don't want to grow up. We're the, we're the ones that want to live in the sports bubble so we're not going into the real world of, of major issues that have real-life consequences, right? But what really intrigues me about sports, it's, it's a human drama that plays out every day. And it's a movie that you don't know what the ending is going to be. Every day, it's the best real life drama that TV. Yeah, maybe there's some well written show that I'm going to get hooked on, and I'll, 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 you know, really give my time to. But sports is that every day because I do not know the outcomes. We can tell you, we can predict what we think is going to happen. We can tell you what the betting market is, and you know where the line movements are going, and all those things. But at the end of the day, Abby we still don't know what's going to happen and that human drama each and every night or day in whatever sport that's what still appeals to me because i don't know what the outcome's going to be and i love being on a sports cliffhanger each and every day <laughs> so there's there's nothing that can really ever replace that for me look i you know i have a a, a, a lean in politics i'm fascinated by how politics works and you know it's predictive as well but sports, it's a, it's a human drama that I just can't wait to see how it's going to play out each and every day.
1: That is such a great way to describe it. And I mean, it's, it's true. You could, you could go in and you could be like, all right, this is the clear, this is the clear winner of this game, but that's, there is no clear winner because no. and then we're, shocked, can right? I mean, we're
0: shocked at the outcome. Like, oh my yes. goodness, how did that team beat that team? That's why we watch because again, we just don't know what the outcome is. We believe we know to quote the great Jim Mora, but we don't know. Right. And as he wrapped it up, you never will. And that's, what's so great about sports. We think we know. And we can do all the numbers crunching we want. But at the end of the day, those those people, those athletes, still have to go out there and perform. And the element of surprise and suspense is still what gets me each and every day.
1: Also, who doesn't want to cheer for an underdog? It's kind of like a metaphor for life, right? You're always right? rooting for the underdog. You're always like, wow, that person, they might not have started off great, but they can still make something of themselves. And it's kind of yes. that similar idea when you watch sports. It's like, all right, this might be the underdog team, but you know, they could, they could well, end up winning a World Series. They can end up winning an NBA championship or their high school championship game
0: yes Abby it's why I always kid some of our friends that we know very well about you know I I always look at Karate Kid as one of the best sports movies of all time and I always say it's not a movie about karate it's about life Mm -hmm. and and sports can teach those lessons of life of competing and sometimes it's not about winning and losing but it is about putting your best foot forward and if you happen to win that's just gravy and that's icing on the cake but you're so right it's the competition right Mm -hmm. it's it's that that thrill of I'm going to go out there whatever team being part of a team and that's why i think sports is so beneficial to our society that you just go out there and you're starting to put yourselves with other people that might not look like you might not have the same beliefs of you but you have a common goal and whenever you can get that in the world of sports it always makes society better and that's what i love that's the best part of sports is when you can have a common goal and you're trying to achieve it. And so is the other team. And there can only be one victor in a meritocracy. And that's (laughs) what I want to see. I want to see their best against my best and see who wins in the end.
1: That is such an amazing message. And I'm glad that you said it. And by the way, I'm not going to tell anyone that you chose Karate Kid over your favorite (laughs) Rocky movies. You've been a Rocky guy forever.
0: I mean, Abby, it's the ultimate underdog story, right? Rocky Balboa, yes! this, this nobody from Philadelphia who gets a shot at the title. It's the greatest story ever. But again, there's so many parallels to, to Karate Kid and to totally. society uh, that we can certainly, if you watch those movies and pick up what they're putting down, you can extract some really good well, values out it of it. It
1: also relates to the World Series in a way because the Phillies also have a shot at Don't the title. Me. So <laughs> We'll be right back after this. Just just to kind of, I mean, I'm ping-ponging all over the place because I'm having the best time. I love I, it. I love any philosophical conversation we can have about sports because that's, yeah. again, why we watch is is a driving factor, and it's such an important thing to talk about. But mm-hmm. just to quickly, for if people are listening to this podcast to learn more about the World Series, just can you break down quickly, and I know quickly is a hard word to use, but... <laughs> yes, <laughs> um, yeah. Just take take us through how someone gets to the World Series um, sure. if, if someone who's listening to this isn't a baseball fan.
0: Absolutely. Well, baseball, the reason why baseball was called the national pastime, and by the way, you talk about going deep, right? Uh, I mean, Admiral Doubleday was the the gentleman who's credited with starting Major League Baseball. He was also a general in the Civil War for the winning side. I always say, like, the resume of life Abner Doubleday has got a pretty tough one to beat. I mean, that guy is going to go up there and go, look what all I've done. You know, hey, I was a general for the union and we won the war. And then I started this little thing called Major League Baseball. It's pretty good. So it's always been our national pastime uh, dating back into the 1800s. And now, you know, we've elongated the seasons as time has gone on from 144 games now up to 162 games when we don't have a lockout or a strike. Hopefully we won't have that for a while now. And you play that that long, uh, deliberated season here to try to get those best teams. Now, again, with the expansion of the divisions through the years, you, now you have four in each league. Then you've got three wild cards. So we actually had a wild card round for the first time ever in Major League Baseball, which consisted of a best of three. So if you can navigate yourself out of that best of three as a wild card, and there are teams like the Dodgers and the Astros and the Yankees that uh, had played themselves out with a good enough record that they didn't have to play in that wild card round. Unfortunately for the Mets, by not winning the division, they were a wild card against another wild card team in the Padres that finished second to the Dodgers out west. Then they play a best of three. Well, the Padres win that. Then they moved on, say, to the best of five. And in that best of five series, they were able to win that. Uh, excuse me, uh, they were able to, to, to win that to get to the best of seven series against the Phillies in the National League Championship Series. So, what they've done is the playoffs are where they really make their money. You got a best of three, best of five, then a best of seven. And now in the World Series, you have the best from the American League against this, the same process that goes on in the National League. Those two teams collide that come out, and they play an overall best of seven. For the World Series title. Now, again, it's kind of a misnomer. The World Series, even though it's all, you know, we do have Toronto that's in there from Canada. But besides that, we don't have, say, international teams from Japan or, or even Mexico. And we know that other countries have really embraced baseball uh, through right. the decades and, and through the, the, the years. But It's still our World Series, even though we do have, like I said, Toronto, who's able to to win that World Series a couple of times. But that's basically the process. And it's why it was the pastime, because it literally – past the time in the 1800s and the early 1900s until football really started to take their hold here in, in the 60s and 70s. And they've really exploded in the 2000s, mm-hmm. a shorter season, of course, with football. But baseball is still the pastime to help you get from one calendar to the next.
1: Yeah, that's a, I like the way you put that. It's kind of our world, you know, I mean, yes. here in our country, it is America's game. It is America's it is. pastime. So it like it, it you know our world might just be contained to our country, but it could be yes. someone's whole world.
0: It really is and Abby, <laughs> what I love about baseball and I, I know they're switching the rules here a little bit. They're going to get yeah. you know pitchers are going to be on clocks, but really the the, the 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 true beauty of baseball is there is no clock. You got a clock in every other major sport, right? There's no clock with baseball. You're supposed to go there. The idea is, and hopefully, if you got a family, you take your kids and you just enjoy the day or the night. And there, there's no time frame on how long it's going to be. Could be nine innings. Could be 16 innings. You don't know. But th- the idea of baseball is it's not something that has a clock associated with it. Everything else is, you know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, or whatever a quarter might be in the NBA, 12, or you know, the NFL, 15. That does not exist in baseball. So. It's a, It does feel like a relic of a time uh, that's that's past.
1: and patience. But,
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. You got to have that attention span that maybe today's generation does not have as much as maybe an older generation does. But that's still the beauty of baseball. It will always be for me that I don't know when I go to a game how long it's going to be. And it's one of my favorite questions that people would ask me at Fox. They'd say, they'd say, Ross, how long is this game going to be? And I'd go, I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is something baseball, I don't know
0: i don't know i mean i can approximate around three hours but you just never know how long a baseball game might might take to get to the completion
1: well i remember uh on our when we worked together there was a baseball game that you know our last show started at midnight ended around uh, ended at 1 a.m and right. we were at work until i want to say it was like 2 45 in the morning I was,
0: <laughs> i have to say three o'clock i could be exactly like that because you remember we that? had to
1: wait for the last game to finish
0: on the west coast uh, back in our chicago days Yes, and we're like Man, will this game ever end? But that's the beauty, uh, or in our case in that one, the uh the pain of waiting <laughs> yeah. for a baseball game to finally finish at three o'clock in the morning.
1: Definitely. Uh all right. Well, I don't want to take up all your time on your birthday, but I do want to end with this because mm-hmm. you know, bit sports fans are so funny. They they yeah. either all love each other or they hate each other. So <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when you say, Oh, the World Series I'm gonna watch this year, people have like, ah, oh, I don't wanna watch that because their team's not in it. But if you're just a regular fan fan. Um mm-hmm. what would you tell someone who's like oh, I don't really want to watch the World Series? What would you say to them to say, you know what? Maybe maybe you want to.
0: I a great question, Abby. Boy, that's a that's <laughs> a really it's a thought-provoking question. I love it. I would say if you watched like let's say the Phillies and the Astros you're going, well, why why would I have interest if I'm in New York and the Yankees just lost or if I'm in California and the West Coast like I am out here in Las Vegas, if you watched the game you can feel the energy certainly in Philadelphia oh my goodness it's palpable i mean you know we we made the rocky reference right when they get to the to the last strike they get to two strikes they start playing the rocky bell ding <laughs> yeah. ding right and they're playing the music from rocky and the whole city is just energized trying to get that third out or that third strike it it's i think what it is it, again that human experience of seeing 40, 50,000 people in a stadium rooting for their home team, you know, sitting on, on their hands or biting their nails and, you know, a, a dramatic ninth inning. I mean, that's just drama that your team does not have to be in it in order to experience and feel what those, what those fans and what those players are ultimately feeling as well. So it, to me, it just gets back to that human element of suspense of sitting on the edge of your seat. What's going to happen next? And by the way, as a visiting team, when you hit that home run, you get that game-winning hit, to hear that crowd go silent, that is also as compelling and palpable as the other way around with, with the jubilation of a home team winning. So it is truly the highs of highs and the lowest of lows, depending on your perspective, but it does cut both ways, and it is drama personified, and that's why I'll be tuning in.
1: This is why I love talking to you because you don't give me a simple answer. You really say something that makes you think. And it's I love that you just said that the silence can be just as powerful, especially oh. if you're a visitor or uh, rooting for the visiting team. I mean, that is just encapsulates the importance of sports and how it brings us together. You and I are talking about sports right now. We don't live in the same place anymore. We don't even work together anymore. But I am so grateful (laughs) that I got to be with you on this podcast and you took the time to come on on your birthday. Dave Ross, I love you. I love talking to you. And thank you.
0: Uh, Abby, you are, as you well know, one of my favorite human beings. So thank you for everything you do. I appreciate your friendship. And anytime you want to talk, you know I'm just a phone call away.
1: Absolutely. Have two beers on me tonight. I will. Maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> If you missed anything from class these are my office hours and here are some top takeaways about the world series and sports number one one of the main factors in how vegas decides the odds is they look at the teams the general public likes to bet on then the bookmakers can manipulate those numbers because they know people want to bet on those teams so dave says you might get better value on teams we don't talk as much about number two Dave gave insight into how baseball became America's pastime, and he emphasized that baseball is preserved, to a huge extent, the tradition of the game. You can grab a beer and sit in the bleachers with family and friends, and it becomes so much more than what's happening on the diamond. And number three, when I asked Dave why he loves sports, I love asking this question because everyone has a different answer, but he really encompassed the values of what they provide. Sports offer a cliffhanger every single day because anything can happen. But even deeper than that, Dave put it perfectly that sports are beneficial to our society because you're with people who might not look like you, might not come from the same background, but you have a common goal and you work with one another to achieve that goal and appreciate each other throughout the process. Anytime I can talk about sports, I'm extremely grateful. I'm also grateful to Dave Ross for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed.